Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. My manager, she just went off on me and she started yelling. She goes, when you're in high school, you don't go to the principals of freshmen. You let the seniors bully you and you shut your fucking mouth. You have to pay your dues, okay? So you let us bully you and you take it and you enjoy it, okay? And she started yelling at me. And of course, jokes on her because HR walked by and heard that. So then again, she got in trouble and she was suspended for that because they were scared I was going to sue. It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen and the big sis you didn't ask for but need. Welcome. To almost adulting. Almost adulting. Almost adulting. Are you ready? Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of Almost Adulting. So last week, we had an episode about lessons to success. I got so much good feedback. You guys really enjoyed my lessons. I'm so glad. It brings me a lot of joy. Today, I figured we can do part two, where I'm going to teach you, kind of tell you how I started daddy issues from growing in the corporate office to being able to grow outside of the corporate office, which is completely different. There's no rules. There's no, you know, moving on up. So I'm hoping that can inspire anyone else that's currently thinking of either leaving a job they're not happy with, dealing with office politics, or just making your hobby into a full-time job. So before we start, we're going to talk about pop culture. Let's have a little quick Coachella catch-up. This past weekend was weekend one of Coachella after two years of having no Coachella, and that's kind of where everyone showed up to. I also went to Coachella, but as you know, I left after the first day because something annoyed me and I'm overly impulsive. And then I got in my car and drove home for two hours and regretted it the next day. So a few things that happened at Coachella was one, Harry Styles performing. I got to see him. It was beautiful. It was really passionate. It was really cool. I love that guy. And also he uh, follows me follows daddy issues so you know i love him um the other day heather you know my podcast manager was like he should come on the podcast you should dm him and i was like if i dm him what if he's like who is this i forgot i followed her and then i'm following me <laughs> so <laughs> i'm just gonna not do that <laughs> so a few things that happen i think the most adorable thing that happened during coachella was justin bieber being the husband for once that we all wish we had. First, there was this picture, the surface of surface of him basically doing this wall sit against a, a barricade to turn himself into a chair so Haley could rest her feet and sit on him. Like, that's adorable. And also the ass he's gonna have after doing those squats. Then someone managed to get a video of him taking what we can only assume was like Instagram content for Haley and Candle while they walked through the festival. Like, again, adorable. So I personally feel like Justin gets such a bad rep, but if my husband isn't literally turning into a chair for me because my feet got tired after I showed up at a festival seven hours late, then I'm sorry, but I don't want him. Then something else that happened at Coachella that if you're 15, you could not stop talking about was that my friend Olivia O'Brien finally got to perform at Coachella. She was supposed to perform two years ago and then it got canceled. So it was really amazing for her to finally get back on stage. And then when she sang her song, Jocelyn, 
which a lot of people know is technically about Logan Paul and about a girl he was hooking up with at the same time as Olivia. It's a banger. I love that song. Um, but anyway, when she was on stage and she sang like, I hope that it was worth it, fucking Jocelyn. And then Logan just came out with the sign and said it wasn't worth it. So that just proves you the men always come back, especially if you're performing at Coachella. <laughs> so there's a chance for you guys. Another thing that happened at Coachella, Revolve did their own Revolve Festival, which they do all the time at Coachella. But this time they got a little greedy. Normally they only invite influencers and as fun as the parties are for Revolve and having their own festival, it's it's just all influencer girls who just wait in line to take pictures. I'm not as as an influencer girl, that's literally what I do every year. So this year was no different. That's what people were doing. But only this time, Revolve got a little greedier and they decided on their website and to send emails that if you buy a $2,000 gift card uh, for Revolve or their other company, Forward or FWRD or something, that you will then get two VIP tickets or like two tickets to their Revolve festival. It's basically a full on three day festival that if you don't have tickets to actual Coachella, you're able to attend that uh, festival and they have performers they have swings they have everything and a bunch of really self-involved influencer girls just walking around taking selfies um sometimes you can even catch me there but i wasn't there this year anyway so this was the first time they did something like that where they were able to offer to quote unquote regular people <laughs> to see what the influencers experience because influencers make it seem like it's so much fun but in reality every influencer and this is trade secrets so they're probably never going to hire me again for admitting this but they make you post so many posts that you don't really have a chance to attend the festival and fully enjoy it because a a lot of times the girls are not don't even really care for whoever's performing and after two seconds they're bored and they're taking more selfies but a lot of times we're, we're stuck to having to do like five posts and like five tiktoks and all this stuff throughout the the days in the festival and outfit changes that you don't fully get to enjoy the festival there as much as you first are forced to just take a ton of pictures in specific type of areas and then edit it and then post it and tag revolve so it's like a thing so if you were lucky enough to attend the revolve festival you were lucky enough to then see influencers in the wild just doing that and not having fun <laughs> but i'm kidding like obviously you can also have fun it's it's up to you but anyway, this year, since they got a little greedy and decided to do that thing with the gift card, there were so many people that were trying to attend that the buses going to the Revolve Festival were way too packed, that there were so many people trying to get on the buses and they couldn't, that some people were trying to document their experiences and they were calling, they were calling it the Fire Festival because of how unorganized it was, because it was the first time Revolve tried to kind of dabble with influencers and with people who shop on their site. So... Before Harry went on, I started to run into some of my friends at the artist area. And one of my friends that I saw is Chandler. This guy, he's a, he's an ex-basketball player, a retired basketball player. I haven't seen Chandler in forever, Chandler Parson. The thing about Chandler Parson, he has a baby mama now, but before, years before, he has at this point fucked half of my friends and half of the girls in Los Angeles. That's how we know each other because he's dated half of my friends and been inside of them never been inside of me we've always been homies and we always just get each other he's just a ton of fun like a lot of basketball players tend to be incredibly boring and have zero personality because they just depend on their height but Chandler actually has a lit personality he's just hilarious so 
we ran into each other after not seeing each other for forever and he's like oh my god violet so good to see you and i'm like oh my god chandler and then he just like uh started clowning me for making jokes about wanting to fuck um like jack black what's that guy's name jack harlow (laughs) sorry i'm like jack nicholson no uh jack harlow duh of course i yeah i think i think everyone else loves jack more than i do but i'm sure if i met him then i would like him i just don't like having crushes on people that i can't actually date you know anyway so he started clowning me for making that video that i want to fuck jack and he was all like you know he's not even that cute like like really that guy and i was like okay chandler like have a seat like (laughs) you're still attractive like relax and we're joking and then he he's like wait oh my god i want you to meet my girlfriend and he or his fiance and um is this girl who and his fiance by the way is best friends with my best friend kira so i hear i hear kira talk about her best friend all the time like kira is really all about her best friends being friends with each other and loving each other she's like such an aries and she just wants everyone to be friends well that's not really an aries but that's who she is she wants everyone to be friends so obviously i hear about her other best friend all the time and i'm fond of her and i've always wanted to meet her i mean i think we've been around each other but we never really interacted so he's like oh my god i want you to meet my girlfriend and he's like this is my blank girlfriend i'm just not even gonna feel like saying her name and it's my blank girlfriend i was just like oh my god hi nice to meet you and he goes and chandler goes to his girlfriend like oh my god babe like this is daddy issue she's so hilarious like and she goes i don't know who that is which was already weird to just get so aggressive and i'm like <laughs> so i'm just like still smiling like okay <laughs> like that's so weird and he's like no babe then like you should check out that page like daddy issues i've she's like i've never seen it and he's like no no babe but like it's so funny like you'll crack up like i'm telling you guys we we'll probably have so much in common you would love daddy she goes i've never heard of it and I'm just standing there like, what the fuck is going on? And he's just like, yeah, but like, you should totally check it out. She's hilarious. And then she looks at me and she goes, I have literally, I've never heard of you. And I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> like, cool. She's like, I'm sorry. I don't follow you. I've never heard of you. Like she repeats that again. I'm like, okay. And in my head, I'm thinking like, I'm sorry, bitch, but my page is going to thrive with or without one extra follower. So like unnecessary, but I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, that's cool. Like, I don't care if someone knows daddy issues or not. Like it doesn't change my life. So I'm just like still smiling a little weirded out. I'm like, okay. And mind you, this girl repeated, I don't know who you are in that aggressive tone, maybe five times while Chandler was trying to introduce us. And this same girl has reached out to me (laughs) to send me products for a brand she started and at first i didn't respond because i get so many messages it took me forever to even find the um that dm and then her baby daddy chandler reached out to me and said can i send you my girlfriend's brand stuff and i said of course chandler and he sent it to me so that's already a lie which doesn't make sense but second of all your best friend is my best friend so she just keeps saying sorry i don't know you i have no idea who you are and i go and i just go okay i'm like dude hello i'm violet i'm kira's best i'm like it's fine you don't know daddy issues i'm violet i'm kira's best friend and she goes i have no idea who you are i literally do not know you and i'm like oh my god do you know kira do you remember kira your best friend and she goes what about her and i was like that's my best friend she goes okay and i'm like so kira has never spoken about me she's like no i literally do not know you and i have no idea who you are and i was like okay cool i'm like yeah i know you said that so then Chandler was like, all right. And then, and then she looks at Chandler and she's like, let's go. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? 
So obviously when I saw Kira, I told her, but that was literally the weirdest experience I've ever experienced. And I've experienced weird experiences, <laughs> you know, but that was so weird. Like I'm trying to be nice to someone. Like, it's fine. You don't know my, my page. I genuinely do not care if you don't know my brand or anything, but to be like, Hey, we share a best friend. Like, what's up? Like trying to be nice. And, and the person to be so aggressive, be like, I literally do not know you. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. You've said that. I know. <laughs> like, I know you do not know me. I got that. I'm like, and I'm trying to introduce myself to her. And she's just like, I don't know you. Like, okay, I'm so sorry for existing. I didn't realize it would offend you so much. So I don't know. I had to bring it up because it was honestly the funniest thing that I've ever experienced and um, I thought that was really funny. I don't know where that came from. I don't know if it has to do with being possessive over baby daddy or maybe hormonal. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It was weird, but <laughs> I'm going to move on from that. Anyway, uh, that was my experience. Okay, in other news, last week, the Kardashians came back on our screens with their brand new show which literally is confusing to me because I know they've had the same exact show for like almost 20 years now, but I guess it's different because it's on, on a new um, streaming platform. But the biggest thing that was revealed in the first episode was that Kim's son, Saint, found someone threatening to release unseen footage of her infamous sex tape of something called Roblox, which I don't know what that is, but they wanted to release more footage of her sex tape, which is honestly foul. It's so fucking disgusting that people still try to take advantage of like you know what happens in private moments everyone else should not see but a lot of people on twitter were not on kim's side which honestly again pretty fucking gross and i'm so sorry for swearing now twice i don't mean to wake you up with my cursing so i apologize but that's how i feel about it whether you like him or not no one deserves to have a sex tape held over their head for 20 years i but luckily now kim is so much more famous so much more known she has so much money that she literally was like, I'm gonna line up every single attorney and I'm gonna come after you if you even try. Like this is not the 90s or the 80s whenever like Pamela Anderson's sex tape came, came out that, you know, people treated Pam like just a body with no opinions and no rights. Like this is different, this is 2022 and we need to respect women. If they don't wanna show their bodies or a sex tape, you know, go find someone else who will. Like, come on, stop. But the funniest thing about that scene <laughs> was basically when they found out it was Tristan Thompson's reaction because as soon as Kim said Chloe come look at this you could see this man's blood ran ice cold like you can tell he was convinced that he got caught again so I think we all want to know but we already know the answer what are you hiding this time Tristan you know what the worst wild thing about that show is that Chloe Kardashian is literally the best advice giver and always the most sane one and the best one at everything. Like she's, I feel like she always keeps everyone else calm and knows what to say and what to do for everyone except her own life. <laughs> but honestly, I'm literally, I think the funniest thing is that we can all relate to Chloe. Well, I shouldn't say that because I would be like, I would never, but uh, I can relate because. I mean, I'm trying not to relate anymore, but I make mistakes all the time with men. So that's just me. Um, okay. And then finally, this news is hilarious. And I'll tell you why it's hilarious. Because, okay, so Heather, like I said, my podcast manager, she helps me, she helps me to write out some of the pop culture that I mentioned, which soon I may not even mention any pop culture on the show because I 
secret may have another show coming out though i will discuss pop culture so but anyway um we're to- we she wrote me something about camila <laughs> cabello and i knew i was gonna mispronounce it she knew me so well that i was gonna mispronounce it she had to write out the words and how to pronounce it so i just wanted to read it out that's actually the funniest part about this so she wrote come e la come e la ka bay o so in other news come e la ka bay o said the most relatable thing we've ever heard come out of her mouth while talking to james Gordon, which I thought his last name was Gordon. So again, confused. Um, she revealed that the only reason she ever auditioned for the X Factor in the first place was, the, was that she was convinced she would finally get to meet Harry Styles through the show and then marry him. So I think we've all been there. Um, same. But again, I'm just too scared to DM him because I'm afraid he will be like, I forgot I followed this bitch and don't follow me. But yeah, he's just like beautiful and so talented. I love that guy. Um, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because there are rumors right now that Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde are engaged. So, as always, it's really hard to watch someone else living your dream, Olivia. But before everyone starts to freak out, there's no hard evidence of this yet. And this rumor started on that one celeb Instagram that I cannot pronounce. But of course, Heather knew I would not be able to pronounce it. So she wrote it out to me. She wrote it out for me. It's du moi. Because I've been calling it Dox Moy. <laughs> And she has not corrected me until today. So I thought the Instagram was called Docs Moy. And that was a celebrity Instagram. But no, it's, it's Dumont. It sounds way more French, way more classy. So that's how this whole rumor gained some steam in the past two days. So if this does turn out to be true, my heart goes out to all the OG One Direction fans. Because we all know how you handled it when Zayn left the band. Anyway, we are done with pop culture. Sorry for boring your ears, but I, may I just say, I think my story was hilarious. So a little Coachella drama. Enjoy the rest of the episode. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. So, I just got a birth control, and... I can't tell if it's making me hormonal and quote unquote crazy, even though I don't like to use that word, or if everyone else is the problem (laughs) and it's not me. But I've been told to start taking these prenatal vitamins, some something acid. I forgot the name of it. So I have to take that every day. But my biggest fear is I'm going to lose my boobs because if I lose my boobs, that I'm going to have to have a better personality. And, you know, at my age, It's a little too late to develop that, you know? It's kind of (laughs) like, this is what you get. Another thing that I've noticed that I've been doing, 
not only do I no longer care what other people think of me, I stopped even pretending for guys that I date now. Like, I just genuinely do not care. Like, if you do not like me, that's fine. You can go. There's someone else out there. The funniest thing that just happened to me is that, well, the funniest thing was that my mom, you know, last episode, she kept telling me, or two episodes ago, she kept telling me how I need to be myself. So I was like, yeah, you're right. So the new guy I was talking to, I tried to be myself and he said, oh, that's a lot. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I couldn't like help but laugh because my mom was like, be yourself. And the guy's like, that's like a lot. So can you be like a little less? And he's just like, I don't know, part of me, a part of me like wants to walk away. But then I'm like, no, come on, be cool, be chill. And I was just like, sir, no one's holding you back. Go ahead. There's a door. And I love that about me. And you're just like, no, I know no one's holding me back. It's like, that's right. Like, I don't need you. I mean, I didn't say the last part, but I think that mindset is the best. Like if someone tells you, like a part of me just wants to walk away, you tell them, okay, go ahead. There's a door. My mom always taught me that. And guess what? When you say that, of course, they stick around. But I was like, let me make it easier and I'll bounce. I mean, that's not the best advice to actually getting a partner. But I do think, and I've said this before on... Mark Groves podcast, who is actually coming on my podcast next uh, month, is that the hardest part about dating is not finding someone new, even though we think that's what it is. The hardest part about dating is knowing when to walk away and understanding when someone's not for you. I think now I'm just not going to pretend to be someone else. And I'm totally okay if it rubs someone the wrong way. And even if in the beginning I act a little crazy or aloof or whatever, who cares? Because eventually you're not going to be able to hide your personality. So I believe you might as well be yourself. Like, yes, you should be mysterious and all those things. But don't you want to be with someone that loves and appreciates every part of you, even from the beginning? So I don't know. It doesn't really bother me. Like if someone doesn't want me, I'm like, okay, there's someone else out there for me. There's literally like a billion other people. I'm not going to sweat or stress over anyone. But I am, I have been slowly learning how to love myself through the process of dating other people. And hopefully if there are other people listening right now who may go through the same experience that, I, that I've been going through where it's embarrassing to admit, but when it comes to love and intimacy, I am a very late bloomer. I've even had that conversation with my mother and it sucks. But f- because I didn't grow up with physical touch and having intimacy and hearing I love you and being able to express my emotions. I didn't do that when I was dating partners. I had a boyfriend on and off for eight years. And even with him, I mean, it was probably more sex than anything else. And he was also always cheating on me, (laughs) Uh, but I didn't know yet. But even with him, I remember there were moments where I really wanted to tell him something like I just wanted to confine in someone because I thought your partner's supposed to be a best friend, but we didn't have that connection because I didn't know how to form it. And it always made me feel so guilty. And I remember sometimes when we would go to sleep, I would, be, I would always scratch him to, to put him to sleep. And then when I finally see him sleeping is when I would tell him like a secret or something that I'm struggling with. And like looking back, that, make, that makes me so sad to think about the fact that I didn't know who to talk to. I even remember, and I'll discuss this eventually when I'm comfortable one day years ago uh, we thought my mother had cancer and she was in the hospital on my birthday and it was very hard for me to visit her because I didn't know how to express my emotions and 
the reason I don't talk about this part is because it's hard for me to talk about it <laughs> or admit that I wasn't the best daughter because I wouldn't visit her because I, I was too scared to cry in front of her. It was so stupid thinking about it now. I mean, I shouldn't use that word. But anyway, I remember it was on my birthday. So it was the first time I finally went to the hospital to see my mother. And I was doing my best to keep a straight face, which is awful because what she needed me was to be more compassionate. But, you know, we've talked about it. She's let it go and she told me to let it go too. And one day I'll have a deeper conversation about it. But anyway, after that, I went to my birthday dinner. And I remember sitting my birthday dinner with my best friend on one side, my boyfriend on the other side and with my friends. And I was just doing my best to hold back the tears and to not start crying during my birthday dinner because I thought I was being strong and I wasn't. I needed to talk to someone about it. Like what I was experiencing was not simple. And then after dinner, I wanted to spend time with my boyfriend, but he was just like, hey, I'm actually going to go out with my cousins. I'll see you later. And you know, I was dying to tell him what happened, but I didn't know how to express myself. So the point that I'm trying to make here, looking back at my younger self, I feel sorry for her. And only I think in my late 20s or my 30s that I'm slowly learning how to express myself better and understand intimacy and all that. So not everyone can relate because a lot of people are already so much better with that. But like, what I'm trying to say is that I'm brand new with those things. So anyway, um, over the weekend, I did go to Coachella. I left after one day. I don't feel like talking about it. Something irritated me and I'm so forking impulsive that I decided to just get in my car and drive home. And then the next day I was like, I regret this, I should have stayed because actually I was supposed to attend that private event that I was invited for um, with um, Jack Harlow. So literally, if I would have went, we would have fallen in love. And right now you guys will be listening to Mrs. Harlow. Like I would be Violetta Elia Harlow, but no, I didn't go. But you know what? It's for the best because if I would have went and met Jack Harlow, he would have fallen in love with me, obviously. And then I would be his girlfriend and it would just not be fair to all of you. Not only would I stop being relatable because I would be like fucking Jack Harlow, but you guys will all be so jealous of me. <laughs> And like, I can't do that to you besties, okay? Like, I don't want to do that to you. So really, all in all, you know, another time. Um, but anyway, one cool thing about that was basically that when I was leaving, this guy that I was kind of talking to, I don't think we're talking anymore. <laughs> but I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> kind of went kind of crazy on him. That's fine, I don't care. Honestly, whatever. This is what I think about. When you kind of drive a man crazy, not only does that make them secretly more obsessed with you and never always coming back, but also if you really think about it, somewhere down the line, they ruin a girl's life or they made a girl miserable or sad or whatever. So what if you're their karma? Like, what if I'm this guy's karma? So whoever this girl is that he ruined her life, girl, you're welcome because I'm ruining his bet but of course uh it's also you know growth blah 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 <laughs> but anyway when i was going home and this guy was texting me i was in the grumpy mood so i said listen i'm in a bad mood right now i don't want to accidentally take it out on you so you have fun i'll talk to you later and 
as an emotionally unavailable human, I'm so used to dating emotionally unavailable people as well. So usually when I say something like this, the guys go, okay, you know, or even my friends, a lot of the time, because they're so used to me being so strong, they say, okay, let me know when you want to talk about it. But in reality, as I'm learning more about myself, I'm learning that I'm not always as strong as I say I am. And when you keep pretending to be strong, then everyone's going to believe you and no one's going to be there for you. So sometimes it's okay to be vulnerable. But when I said that really quickly, the guy responded with, okay, wait, what's wrong? Talk to me, explain to me. And it was so simple, you know, just a few, one word, one sentence. And I don't even know how to explain it. That was just so, I felt seen, I felt heard. And it was just like in that moment that I realized like, oh, wow, it is nice when someone asks me if I'm okay. Like, even though I said, I don't want to talk about it. And I pushed this person away. Actually, the one thing I really wanted was him to ask me if I'm okay. And he did. And not only that was nice, that made me, but of course, now I know better than to be my Libra self, Venus, Libra, rising Libra, where I just fall in love with that person. I'm like, oh my God, he saw me. He asked me if I'm okay one time. He's the one. Let me suck his dick. It's, which I already have. <laughs> totally kidding. Uh, <laughs> he asked me how to talk about that stuff. But in that moment also made me realize, A, now I know a specific part that I want in my future partner. So instead of completely falling in love with a stranger based on one thing that they did, instead I took that little part and I said, oh, I like it when someone checks in on me, asks me if I'm okay. Okay, that's a little trade I want in my partner. Now I know. I want someone to ask me and check in on me. Cool, okay, versus falling in love with them. So I feel like that was one part of growth. B, when I was able to explain what was wrong, not only did I feel better, but... It made me kind of fall in love with myself a little. So instead of accidentally falling in love with a complete stranger, it made me kind of love myself, how I'm able to be strong, but then able to be vulnerable. And it's it's little moments like that. And I think my point is, in conclusion, I think it's okay to not know what you're looking for. And I think it's okay to keep learning more and more things about yourself. And you shouldn't feel guilty. I think you should care more about your feelings and constantly watch yourself grow and fall in love with yourself instead of accidentally falling in love with a stranger that's what i'm trying to say so and also like not rush into things with people like yeah this person probably not my person but i got to see a few trades in him that i like that i can take now to my next partner and even trades about myself that i didn't like i'm not going to hold it against me because it is what it is i'm going to keep going did any of that make sense bro I don't fucking know, whatever. Let's talk about what we're here for, how I started daddy issues. As many of you know, I used to be an accountant. I worked for a large public accounting firm and in the last episode, I explained the journey that even took me to finally work for such a large accounting firm. When I got into the office, I was ready to kill it. And one way, if you're in a large firm, regardless where you are, um, based on research, the way to impress your boss is by always arriving before they come into work 
and always leaving after they leave work. So that means when one of my partners at the accounting firm was coming in, I noticed, let's say 6 or 7 a.m., I would come in at 5.30 a.m. I didn't give a fuck because I wanted to be a partner one day. I wanted to move up and I was ready to do it. So, and then if he left at 11 p.m., guess what? I left at 11.30 p.m. Even if I had nothing to do, I would just sit at my desk because it means that just in case, if everyone else leaves and suddenly he needs help on a project or anything, you're there and you're available. That's what it was. And that's actually how I started getting um, on projects with a partner and working in a large public accounting firm. If a lot of people don't know this, there's hierarchy and there's levels. So as a junior accountant, I'm not allowed to actually work with a partner or senior manager. It's unheard of. It's not a thing. But of course, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to try. And because I stayed around for all those nights, guess what? I ended up getting on a work project with a partner and a senior manager. Basically, they're only allowed to work with managers. So there's junior accountant, senior accountant, manager, senior manager, partner. I may be missing one or two people on those levels, but basically I'm the lowest of the barrel. The highest person I'm allowed to work with on a project is a manager. So I started getting on projects with a partner and he kind of started to become my mentor through that process. Really quickly, it started to rub some people completely the wrong way, which I understand because they didn't feel like I paid my dues. And that's another thing that I think is very important to talk about when it comes to large firms is the office politics. I don't know if it's still happening because I haven't been in the office for six years, but I recall when I was working at the public accounting firm, the problem is that a lot of times women don't have each other's backs. It feels like men are there for their other men. They can be mean to each other sometimes, but they laugh it off and they keep working. And with women, a lot of times it feels like the older women will ridicule the younger women and will make their life miserable because in their opinion, they think, well, I've gone through all of this. Like, this is what I had to do to be where I'm at. So it's not fair. What should you just gloss through? You have to work for it. You have to pay your dues. I even got to a point that there was um, a girl, she was a manager and very tiny, short girl. So I call it um, Chihuahua syndrome, which she did, but we were standing in an office and I guess I forgot what happened, but the girls were kind of starting to bully me. And I told the partner I'm having issues with some of the girls on my team. And obviously he talked to HR about it or something. So this girl thought it would be a good idea to take me to the office as my manager. So she's two levels above me, but like 10 feet shorter than me. And she just went off on me and she started yelling. She goes, when you're in high school, you don't go to the principals of freshmen. You let the seniors bully you and you shut your fucking mouth. You have to pay your dues, okay? So you let us bully you and you take it and you enjoy it, okay? And she started yelling at me. And of course, like a dumbass, she's doing it in an office where the walls are not bricks and <laughs> jokes on her because HR walked by and heard that. So then again, she got in trouble and she was suspended for that because they were scared I was gonna sue. Talking of bullying, other bullying that happened is that they were constantly reviewing my personality. So I used to be very happy, very fun. And I stopped becoming very happy and very fun because I was constantly being reviewed that my personality was too much to the point that one of the managers who was also my career advisor asked me to come to her office and she recommended I get a medication to calm my personality down. 
So when I make all those jokes that I'm on Adderall, I actually got on Adderall when I was in my accounting firm days. And I just kind of been so not a, well, I wouldn't say the word, tease the word addicted, but dependent on those pills. So I've been taking them now for seven years and it's because that's what was asked of me at the accounting firm, which again, that is a big HR issue and um, it's not allowed. So that was really wrong and illegal to do and wrong. And I, on so many levels, like literally I can't even get told the stories of the bullying because it got to the point that towards the end when I was ready to leave, no one could even fire me because of how much stuff HR was involved with that they were scared I was going to sue them. Like towards the end, I just stopped showing up to work because I was hoping I can get unemployment while doing daddy issues. And like, it wouldn't happen because no one would fire me because <laughs> they were too scared. Office bullying, that part I think is really hard. And I think a lot of people go through that with uh, the women on in big companies because they believe that we're supposed to take it. And I think I think that part sucks because men are there supporting each other. And I think we need to support each other as well. Just because you're in the office and you went through a different culture because you worked there years ago, it doesn't mean that the people underneath you should experience, we should be lifting each other up. It should be, yes, I may, I've gone through this, but I'm so glad you're not going through this and let me help you move up. Like, let me be your mentor. Let me inspire you. That's how it should be. I don't, I don't understand that the other way around. I don't agree with it. And I think it's already so hard in the workplace to be taken seriously, especially when you work at firms where the firm I was working at, we had companies of the same firms all over the world. And there's only, it was only 13% of partners were women. So that's already makes it super hard to even become a partner as a woman in that firm. And yet here we are bringing each other down, knocking each other down and making it very hard for us to move on up. I don't know. I just feel like the men are going to watch us. They're going to laugh at us because, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying there needs to be a change. And if you're currently going through office politics, office bullying, like, I just want you to know you're not alone. I've been there. So anyway, I wanted these people to like me so much and they didn't, the women on my team. And I, it, it really broke me. I thought I was strong, but eventually it just broke me because no matter what I did, I just wasn't enough. And I remember I started just completely not speaking to my friends anymore. I never wanted to go out. I just would go to work, stay super late, and then I would go home, cry myself to sleep. Then I'll wake up in the morning, get ready for work at like 6 a.m., cry in the car before I would get into the office. And I was just like, this is what my dad taught me. This is a nine to five. Like I have to pay my dues. Like, like everyone else said, like, this is it. I remember one day I walked into work and I had to stop in the bathroom and I go in the bathroom and I'm peeing. And as I'm in the bathroom, two of my coworkers who again are my managers walk in, start talking shit about me. So I'm just sitting on the toilet stall, just listening, and I can't get out now because they're talking about me. So I have to wait for them to finish talking shit about me. And then when they finish, I wash my hands. And as I walk out the door, one of the girls was still standing outside, had coffee in her hand. So as I walk out, she accidentally knocks her coffee onto my shirt. So then she goes, you have to clean yourself up before the meeting. You look crazy. So I'm like, right. So then I go to my car, change because I have extra clothes in my car. And when I get back into the office, to the meeting, 
she announces to everyone that I'm late and that I need to do better. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, that's literally what I would have to experience. And it broke me. I felt so invisible. I, it got to the point that when they complained that I'm too pretty and that's why I'm getting on projects, I stopped wearing makeup. They started making comments that my body is too sexual so they can't bring me to clients. I started wearing the most loose clothes. They complained about my personality being too much. I got a medication that they recommended that I should get on. I completely lost myself in this job and I lost myself in wanting to be liked. Whatever these women were going through in their life that made them so miserable, they took it out on me and I took it because I thought I was supposed to take it because I thought that's how I pay my dues. But that's so fucking wrong and fuck that. You should never go through stuff like that. You should love what you do. And But they, they completely, they broke me. And luckily... People kept sending me different memes uh, from the fat Jewish. And when I kept seeing those memes, I was so jealous. I was like, wow, that's so cool. Like this person just gets to post funny things and people just like him for his personality. No one's focusing on his looks. No one's focusing on anything else. And he just gets to be himself. And I don't know who I am anymore. I genuinely had no idea anymore. And that's where I created daddy issues. And when I created daddy issues, I created it for fun. I didn't think anything of it. It was just my escape from reality. Luckily, I have a very obsessive personality, so I started becoming very obsessed with it. So I basically, I was like, okay, I created a meme account. These are fun memes that I start posting, but I'm like, how do I get followers? I'm like, okay, let me go to my quote unquote competitors. People want to be like. So I found the accounts that I was inspired by, which was like fuck Jerry, Betches, the fat Jewish. And every night before I go to sleep, I would go on their followers, at least two of their accounts. And I would count going through a hundred people. So I would click through their followers through a hundred people and each person, I would like two of their pictures and comment one thing or just like two things in order for those people to notice my account. So every night I technically would go through a hundred people on the fat Jewish Instagram followers. And then on the on fuck Jerry's Instagram every night, nonstop, because even something like this, it seems like it came so easy. It took work. And after I did that and my account slowly started to grow, I was like, okay, I need it to grow faster. What can I do now? And I'm like, okay, you know what? I need a celebrity to follow me. How do I do that? I started looking at different celebrities who were following meme accounts. And then obviously I didn't know how to get their attention. So I said, I'm going to go look at their friends. So maybe the celebrity has one friend who doesn't have a large following. That's how I'm going to get that person's attention. So I started doing that. I started commenting like wild, crazy things on people's pictures. And then I remember one of the first celebrities that followed daddy issues was Joe Jonas. And basically it was because I he like was loved memes back then. He has a really great sense of humor. And I remember I started commenting things on his friends' Instagrams. And one of his friends only had like, I don't know, 10,000 followers, whatever it was. So his friend noticed me, started following daddy issues and then started tagging Joe in the daddy issues memes. And then next thing I knew, Joe starts liking everything, commenting and followed me. And I remember I texted my best friend, Kylie, and I was just like, bitch, I'm famous. Bye. I'm quitting my job. Obviously, I didn't quit, but that was a whole joke. I didn't think anything of it, but that's how I got a celebrity to follow me. Then I was like, okay. Daddy Issues is anonymous and people are really getting hyped up by it. How do I hype it up even more? I know. I'm like people in 
LA are all followers who pretend to be cooler than they are. It's like Coachella, but every day, <laughs> literally. And that's the truth. That's just kind of how LA is. And I said, let me bank on me being anonymous and let me bank on these people always wanting to be so cool, even when they're not. So basically what I did was I started following like a group of a clique in Los Angeles. Let's say all the kids who were on the hills or let's say all the kids that were on rich kids of Beverly Hills. Like I grew up with these kids, but they don't know it's me. So I will follow a group of kids who were all besties. And then I would start commenting silly things on their Instagrams. And these people loved it because they were like, oh my God, are you daddy issues? Wait, are you daddy issues? Wait, this account's hilarious. And they loved it that I follow them. And then they would start tagging their friends. They loved the attention and they started tagging other people and they, it was literally free advertisement for me without them realizing because they were pretending to be me. And then I would be done with that group, unfollow all of them and go to my next click. That's literally how I did it in order to get like the word around in New York and in Los Angeles between the quote unquote cool kids. Because once something becomes a trend, everyone else wants to be a part of it. So I did that. So now, and then the last thing that I was doing was I was reading feedback. So I started looking at engagement. I was like, okay, there's more likes and comments on this type of posts. And so I'm going to start posting more female oriented memes. Um, I would read comments. Oh, oh my God, her caption. My caption was one sentence. So it suddenly became two sentences. You know what I mean? It was like you guys were literally creating me without realizing. And because I was still so self-conscious about who I am and like felt so invisible, daddy issues was my alter ego and that's what people don't realize not only did you guys create me but you created an alter ego for me daddy issues was this girl that i thought was so cool i thought i could never be like her she was rich she was outspoken all the boys liked her she wasn't invisible she was invited to all the parties and she spoke her mind and did whatever she wanted to do she was everything i never could be and i could never imagine being anything like her so it got to the point that i recall when she wasn't just my alter ego. I literally started writing about her. I created a character. And as a lot of you know, Benson didn't used to be my real last name. It used to be, you have a Jewish last name, but I legally changed my last name. But well, I'll get to why I changed it. But Benson was her last name. My alter ego that I created, her first name was my name. Vi Violet, even though my name is Violetta. And then her last name was Benson. And how did I find Benson? Is because when I was writing about this character, like a full on script about her, was that her mom was from America and her dad was from England. So then I Googled the most popular last names in England, one of them being Benson. That's how she got the last name Benson. And basically, she was a rich private school girl who moved to New York when she was five because her dad had a problem of constantly falling into other women's vaginas. So her parents got a divorce and she moved to New York with her mother. She went to boarding school and then she just got out of rehab from partying so much and she created daddy issues. That was her. This cool ass bitch that I looked up to. So while I stayed in my accounting firm with constantly getting bullied and just taking it, this girl behind daddy issues was speaking up for herself, being hilarious, being the fucking it girl. And the more I continued to be daddy issues, the more I started to feel like I could be her, the more I started to find myself again, the more I stopped caring 
about the women. I used to care so much when they would be mean to me. And then I just stopped caring. I either stopped responding. I started laughing when they would be mean to me. And it literally threw them off. Because when people are mean to you, or when people are rude to you, they want you to care. Because that's how they feel good about themselves. But when you stop caring, you take away their power. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So subconsciously, when I was finding myself, I started taking away their power. I no longer cared what they had to say because I didn't, I didn't care about anything anymore. I didn't care about them. And as I started not caring about them, I took away their power. I started taking the power back and I started finding myself. And for the first time in my life, like literally the first time in my life, I started to see who I am and I started to fit, to feel like I fit in. You know, I constantly felt like I didn't fit in as someone who lived in three different countries, as someone with a personality that's a little off, potentially a little bit on the spectrum where I have no social cues. I never felt like I fit in and English being my third language. And it was for the first time behind a computer screen, I mean, behind a phone screen anonymously, I felt seen without anyone knowing what I looked like. It just had literally just my personality. I felt seen because people could relate to me. And I always say how thankful I am for the followers of Daddy Issues because it was the first time that I felt like I fit in and it was the first time that I finally felt like I knew who I was. So the more I continued Daddy Issues, the more my confidence grew. I started to know who I am and I became Viola Benson to the point that I think a year or two into doing daddy issues, I legally changed my last name to Benson because I was her at this point. Plus, it was very hard to go to a lot of these um, meetings because of the name difference. I couldn't get into the studios. And also because my father begged me to change my last name uh, because he's so traumatized from being a Jew in Russia when he was growing up because he's, he's, he has brown skin, uh, Jewish nose. He's short. He looks very Jewish. He had a very Jewish name. And his life in Russia during communism was ter terrible. And he's still so traumatized from it that he begged me to change my last name because he was scared I would get bullied or harassed for being a Jew. And I was like, dad, from all the industries I'm in, I feel like entertainment's the one place so maybe they'll accept me. And he was like, no, please. And I understood like his pain and I want to respect my family. And that's one of the reasons I legally changed my last name. But yeah, eventually a year in, I became her. I became Viola Benson. Thanks to you guys. I'll always be so thankful. And then um, I quit my job around eight months into doing it. And I think I talked about it on my last episode where I didn't just take a leap of faith. I don't have rich parents. I still have to pay my rent. I figured out a way to book myself a job that's going to last me for a year 
in order for me to be able to quit my job and walk away. And I believed in myself. No one else did. Even my partner, who we had a really good relationship, I didn't, no one else knew what I was planning on doing with my life, but he knew. He knew that I was planning on leaving and doing daddy issues full time. And he didn't really understand it because he's much older than me. And we sat on the phone. I remember he told me, Violetta, please do not do this. I think you're making a mistake. I think you have a bright future in this accounting firm. You can be a partner one day. I know these women are bullying you right now, but I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to get easier. And if you leave, you will regret this. And I said, okay, but maybe I won't. And I left. And I believed in myself because there's going to be moments in your life when no one else is going to believe in you or your dream. But as long as you believe in yourself, that's all that matters. As long as you have that drive, you will get through this and you will do it. And you get to leave, you get to live your dreams when everyone else is too afraid to do it. The same thing happened with my parents when we decided to move to the US. All of our relatives were like, you guys are too old. You're making a mistake. You should stay in Israel. You will never succeed in a completely new country. And then we did what we did. We moved. And then our relatives were all like, damn, we should do that too. That's always what happens. Everyone else normally is too scared to pursue their dreams or do what you're doing. So they'll tell you, don't do it. But once you do it and you succeed, then everyone's going to look at you with envy like shit. Okay, maybe I should do it too. I am so thankful I didn't listen that day to my partner. And I moved forward and I believed in myself. And I never looked back. The first year of daddy issues, I made twice more than I did as an accountant. The second year, I made as much as a partner. The third year, I made way more than that. And it's all because I believed in myself and I kept working hard because I knew that if I don't keep finding myself jobs or keep reinventing myself, I won't be able to pay my rent. So a lot of times when you don't have the security blanket around you, it helps you. A lot of times when people don't believe in you, it's when you should work harder because fuck everyone else. Just because they don't know how to pursue their dreams doesn't mean you shouldn't. Because there are going to be so many people in this lifetime who will never be brave enough to pursue their dreams to try. And then what's the worst thing that, that happens if you try? You fail. So fucking what? I think a lot of times we don't realize all the successful people we look up to, we don't realize how many times they probably actually failed. How many times they had to try? How many businesses they had to create before that one business stuck? And it's kind of the same thing. One of the last things I'm going to quickly talk about is something really interesting that I read. It has nothing to do with daddy issues, but I do hope my daddy issues speech helped you and inspired you to kind of, you know, not listen to everyone else. The other thing I wanted to bring up is that there's this thing that I recently read about anger and resentment, and I thought it was really interesting. Like a lot of times we get mad at other people for doing something and we think that it means it's anger and we're resentful. Like, for example, we say like, oh, you work like like I work all week and I work on weekends. Like, how come how come you don't work on weekends? Like, you're so lazy, blah, blah. And we think it's anger. We're angry with them we're being resentful. But the truth is, based on what I read, that it's actually not resentment, but it's jealousy. And I think the reason I'm noting this is because once you kind of understand and change your perspective, a lot of things in your life change. Because instead of me thinking, 
I'm angry at this person because they're so fucking lazy because I work all weekend and they don't. So they, they're pathetic. They suck. I'm actually jealous of them. That's the emotion that I'm experiencing. So it's not me saying, how come you don't work? It's more like, how come I'm working on weekends? I'm so envious of you that you don't feel stressed to feel the need to work on weekends, that you're able to relax. That's where it comes from. So a lot of the time when we feel anger towards people, we're like, well, I'm doing all of this and you're not. It's really like, damn, how come you're not doing all of this? You seem like you're so relaxed, like you can take a vacation. And I wish I could take a vacation. I wish I could be as chill as you. I wish I could be as relaxed as you. And I don't know, I think that's really interesting and it kind of changes your perspective. I'm not gonna get into like, politics when people get mad at each other i'm not gonna explain that way but it's more like let's say me getting super mad at somebody leaving the dishes even though i would say that is annoying and i would be like you're so messy how come how come you don't clean the dishes what i'm really saying is i'm so jealous you're able to be so relaxed and put the dish away and still enjoy your life while for me I'm so OCD that I cannot relax until everything in my household is clean and it ruins half of my day. So once you kind of change your perspective, that's how you're able to realize like, okay, I can, I can take it easy. Another good example is, is when you look deeper into your things. For example, years ago, I, I was too scared to drive. And I thought my problem was that I'm scared of driving. But it was crazy was that there was a deeper rooted issue where it was coming from. And when I sat down and analyzed it, I realized that I'm not actually scared of getting behind the wheel and scared of driving. My fear was that I felt like there were so many people around me and I had no control over what's happening, which meant that it was my control issues were kicking in. I was fearful because I'm unable to control the situation. And that was really hard for me to accept. Once I realized that there were my control issues and I had to accept the fact that I can't control everyone else around me, I can only control myself, my instincts and how I drive, it helped me relax. And that was literally the day I got behind the wheel and started driving again. So again, I'm not fully explaining my reasoning behind giving these random advices, but I think a lot of the time when we're angry or resentful about something or mad at people, we don't realize that it actually comes from deeper rooted issues. And if you just sat down for a second and analyzed and figured it out, you may realize that it has less to do with everyone else around you and more to do with you and something much deeper than why you're actually mad or upset or anything else like that. Does that make sense? Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm sorry if I wasn't as in my feelings or as emotional to explain how thankful I am that Many of you changed my life forever. I'll always be so grateful. Because of you, I'm able to be Viola Benson. As I've grown older with this podcast and everything, Daddy Issues has become my alter ego again. I've outgrown her. As cool as she is, I don't have her insecurities anymore that she has when it, like once I got to know her, I realized that she was also insecure, just like the rest of us, that she was pretending to be much cooler than she really is, that being the life of the party eventually can become lonely and sad and no money in the world can buy you happiness it may be more comfortable (laughs) but you're still lonely and as i've been outgrowing my alter ego and she became my alter ego again i'm learning now that 
some days I'm not gonna be great. Some days I'm not gonna be happy. Some days I'm not gonna wanna be the life of the party. Some days I'm gonna be insecure and I'm gonna be nerdy and I'm gonna question myself and I'm gonna be that, I'm gonna feel invisible and that's okay. Cause other days I'm gonna be confident and I'm gonna be the fucking it girl and I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do. So guess what? We're not just one thing, we're a lot of things. So daddy issues my alter ego again. I'm so thankful for her and I'm so thankful for you for helping me find myself. And I, hopefully I, I've been able to help you guys find yourself, you guys feel good with, about yourselves. You guys, um, I think that's part of almost adulting is that you never actually get there. You never actually reach it. Even when you have kids, you're still figuring it out. It's kind of like when you eventually, when you get older and you realize that your parents are not your heroes, they're just doing their best. You realize that normally when you have a child, that you realize you don't know what you're doing. So it's kind of the same thing. So I hope this episode is really helpful. Also, I'm on Adderall, so that's why I'm kind of feeling like a robot right now. But if you guys have any questions about quitting your job, pursuing your dreams, how to do with, deal with office politics and bullying and all that, feel free to DM me on Almost Adulting Instagram. And yeah, hope you have a beautiful day. I love you, bitches. Bye.